Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Sandspace Radio, a dangerous recursive loop. Hey everyone, how's it all going? Expect well? That's great. Anyways, just letting you know that our sister show, Plumbing the Death Star, is coming to Sydney on the 29th of September. We're driving up to get Jackson's hours up, so come on down to the Harlequin Inn to congratulate him on a job well done for not killing us, as well as wish him a happy birthday, then chastise him for being 25 and not having his license. Details on where to grab your tickets are in the show notes. It's all ages, and we'll be having merch. So bring your nan, I bet you'll love a Plumbing the Death Star live tea, and be extremely happy to be one of the very first owners of an Imagination Adventure USB tape. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some video games just need adapting. Today, we're looking at Grand Theft Auto. So before we get into the meat of the episode, what's everyone's experience with the game? Because I played GTA 3 when it first came out, and then again when it came out on iOS. And same with Vice City, but I just didn't finish it. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't uh, didn't play uh, San Andreas. Oh fuck, San Andreas uh, is good. Or four. See, I've got a I've but, got a really five. Oof. Oddly, San Andreas was amazing. San Andreas was amazing. I, heard I, I nothing probably but would good inch Vice City just slightly ahead, but. Probably more for nostalgic reasons. Although, look, I don't know. It's I've got a really weird relationship with those games <clears> in that, you know, Vice City came out in, what, 2003? San Andreas mm-hmm. 2004? So, somewhere around that. Anyway, early 2000s. So yeah. I'm, we're in 2016. I'm 24. When those games were coming out, that's like over 10 years ago now we're looking at San Andreas no, was yeah. released. And so yeah. people sort of like maybe 12, 13, people of our generation mm. grew up playing it at that time. Everyone loved it at that time. My parents didn't let me play video games. <laughs> I had an old NES with Ooh, Super Mario Brothers. Experience. Um, so that was more or less my video gaming experience. Mm. And so I actually ended yeah. up getting San Andreas in about 2009 okay. um, on somebody gave it to me on my laptop. Like somebody just had it on their computer. I'm like, yeah, just have it. And I was like, yeah, all right. Cause I, I used to like go around to their place during the school holidays and just like kill hookers in San Andreas. As you do. That's what you do in that yeah, game. Yeah, no, fair, fair, and then yeah. I actually played the whole game all the way through. And I got really invested. Like my year 12 was just like me playing GTA San Andreas. Me going to all my friends and be like, man, have you heard of this San Andreas game? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, like five years ago, man. And I'm like, oh, it's the fucking best. And then like I finished that and I, like, it was one of those things where I finished it and I had this void. And then I went and I played uh, Vice City shortly mm. afterwards. And it's a funny thing now where it's like, I look back and I, I, I'm not a gamer. I'm really mm. not a gamer. But like I, ca- I can count the games I finished on two hands, and mm-hmm. those games are GDA 3, GDA San Andreas, GDA Vice City, GDA Vice City Stories, GDA Liberty City Stories, GDA 4, GDA The Ballad of Gay Tony, GDA The Lost and the Damned, GDA 5, Red Dead Redemption, which is Grand Theft Horse. <laughs> Might as well. And as GDA, yeah. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's 11. That's not two hands. But anyway, I, I I'm really... I'm noticing a common theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. one open worlds. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, one of them was set in the past. <laughs> what was up yeah. with that? Um, <laughs> the rest, though. I uh, a, lot of, a lot of the GDAs a- are period... That uh, is true. So. Did you ever yeah, play true. the original GTA? Yeah, because that bit. was my very didn't first top it, down. Yeah, yeah. like that whatever. was my first experience was what? playing that and having a demo version, which was like the whole Liberty City first game, like first um city, but it was like a like a, a hundred and something odd seconds. So you could do whatever you could, but in like two minutes. 
Yeah, so that's, right. that's the demo. That was a demo, and we okay. played that so much. Like we knew exactly what to like. All right, the first thing we're doing is <laughs> there to there and there and there. No, oh, we're gonna go here, and ah, oh, it was good fun. It's like basically speed running. Yeah, it was crazy. Just got to get as much done as quick as time as possible. See, yep. I, yeah, I don't know. I the thing is like. Because I, I, mm. I really, particularly those, like, San Andreas and Vice City, I loved very, very dearly. But, like, I never got the same thing from 4 or 5. Like, you know, I remember when I, I remember GTA 5 was the only <coughs> game I've ever, like, gone to the midnight launch for. And, like, <laughs> I lined up for it. I was so excited. And I got it. And I brought it home. And I was like, yeah, yeah. GTA 5. And then I just found myself not playing it. Really? Like, I started playing it. And I was just like, I just couldn't. I don't know if like the, I don't know if the novelty was gone or the magic yeah, was gone or maybe. what, but I, I also think there was something. GTA Five is such a different beast. It's a very it's different beast. Every single yeah. time they, mm. people don't give them enough credit for the changes that they do make from GTA. That's to GTA. true. No, that's true. I, yeah. I think like I look, I look at GTA Five and I, again, this thing is not mm-hmm. a game. I look at it and I'm like, you know, that's a masterfully made game. It just didn't do as much for me. I, I don't know if it's just because of the time and where I was in my life and okay. how like how new San Andreas yeah, and Vice City right. felt for me because I hadn't really played video games before that. So I, I don't really know. But like Red Dead Redemption yeah. had that effect on me. And that was probably in like, what, 2013, around the same time GTA Five came out. I played that finally. I think, GTA, I think so, Red Dead's 2010. Oh, no, but I didn't play it then. I, oh, I played sorry. It, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. same year. So okay, but and Red Dead Redemption had a much more profound effect on me than um than GTA Five did. I I don't know. I I honestly don't know what it is. Mm. But like, I, I if I'm gonna speculate, I think part of it was the fact that you know, like I when I as as people who might have listened to this podcast before might have gathered when I <laughs> when I love something, I love something really hard, uh-huh. and I get very obsessive about things. Yes, and there was something I really loved about particularly GTA Three, Vice City, and San Andreas which was the fact that they all take place in the same universe mm. and the interconnectivity between yes, the games. I like, always remember oh, in I San Andreas so when you see the protagonist from GTA 3 yeah, in Claude, the car right yeah, who yeah, yeah, is yeah. the protagonist of my GTA film I'm pitching. But, oh, um, okay. In a interest, oh, yeah. Anyway, we'll get this into is that. relating but, to something we're going to talk about a little later. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> cool. you know, foreshadowing. Uh, but, um, but yeah, like, yeah, when Claude rocks up with, um, yeah. I mean, I didn't realize that until I replayed San Andreas after playing GTA 3 and I was like, oh, and Catalina, the crazy the crazy Colombian girl, she's actually the main antagonist of GTA three mm. and then like and you know like salvatore leone the mob boss mm-hmm, from gda3 mm-hmm. is like set up in mm-hmm. in san andreas and like and then there's who's a lot like of ken cool rosenberg music. the lawyer who's in yeah. yes vice city yeah. and san andreas and like there's bits where he's like drunkenly calling tommy vasetti in san andreas like <laughs> begging to take him back and i loved all no, of that no, stuff again like or I love fist yeah love the, the love, band. yeah I, I love all this kind of stuff you hear like i love listening to the talk radio and oh, there's actually continuity. Laszlo. Laszlo. Oh, my God. Oh, I know, right? So every, every ep, like every time I'm at a car, I'm like, Fernando no. Martinez. Oh. <laughs> Just go like, uh, you are a high... I love that. that one little quote which is like, you are half a man. You are a ma, if you will. You have no end. <laughs> like, that's fucking beautiful. There's, there's also so much going on, like, you know, certain characters from the game actually call into the radio stations. Mm. And if you play them all in sequence, there's actually ways you can, like, like I think if you play Vice City Stories, which is set two years yeah. before Vice City, you actually see Laszlo, like, backstabbing the guy who owns who runs that radio station before him and then he gets into the radio I station and then he gets even close it's to so much, much of that attention. stuff and then like he gets yeah. fired from that radio station between Vice City and San Andreas so when you get to San Andreas he's kind of washed up and then like he's even more so when you get to GTA 3 which was made beforehand so like it's not like it's particularly nuanced or like detailed character work or anything but the fact that there all that is background that, stuff that is it just makes so the universe feel really yeah. rich that's yeah. I think no, what I like about it because yeah. I, I felt like even though it's funny because it feels sort of rudimentary when in, in every respect GTA 4 and 5 should feel more real because, it, well, the universe is a lot more detailed. I thought there was something more rich and believable about yeah. In, in a certain way, that there felt like there was an internal consistency, and it felt like mm-hmm. every time I played one of those three games, and including Vice City Stories and Liberty City Stories, which are mm-hmm. set in the same continuity and all of that, I felt like I was still part of the same world like or that i was stepping back into this world that i knew at a different uh, it, does that yeah. make sense no, I'm, no, no, I'm trying hard like, to explain it's it, almost no. like comfort food coming back yeah. to something yeah. you love particularly when i played vice city stories about three years or so after i played vice city yeah and you go back and it's the same map and suddenly you're just kind of like oh man oh, i'm yeah, home I remember this. Yeah. i'm home no, i, I think... love that about gda5 i mm. love that so much about oh, GTA like when you go 5. to grove going... street yeah and but it's all like burnt out and you're like wait what happened what they're happens? fucking lost, mate. They're yeah. lost. Like where? Where? That's are the... so, that was so sad. I know. I love. I love that. <laughs> and, and even though they sort of say that, <clears throat> fuck, I'm such a nerd for this stuff. But like, even though they sort of say that the there's like the GDA 
3D universe, which is three Vice City San Andreas, and there's a HD universe, which is four mm-hmm. and five. Mm-hmm. Because like there's crossovers, like, you know, if you play The Lost and the Damned, the biker game, which is probably the best thing about GTA 4, which I thought mm. was a bit of a slog. But The Lost and the Damned was great. It was like... Sons of Anarchy, the game, except GDA, and you're a biker, and, you know, there's something about, like, riding through Liberty (laughs) City, gunning people down with Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive playing. (laughs) Like, it's so fucking good, man. Didn't they add in that as well, that you could melee people from your bike? Oh, I love that. So fucking good. And But then there's a bit in... um, GTA 5, yeah. In GTA 5, where the protagonist of that game is, like, now methed out of his head, and Trevor kills him. So many people are mad Trevor gets introduced by killing him. It's so many people fucked. are mad because of that. I didn't realise that there was such an outroad. outroad oh, was. I was yeah, just like, oh, wow, that ended furious. sadly. That, the, that that character would be killed like that. They're like, that, not my character. But it's <laughs> not my <laughs> baby. <laughs> I think because, like, I think maybe, maybe, and I'm just, I'm theorising, I could be totally wrong here, but, like, maybe there's something in the fact that because it's this open world and because you kind of explore the world in your own way and you sort of go and do missions at your own pace and things like that, you sort of feel a bit of ownership over the character because yeah. they mm. do what they, they're not really, they are guided by the game. So missions you have to complete, but like you kind of do them at your own pace and whenever you want to do them and you do all the side missions when you want and often in the order you want. Yeah. And so maybe you do, like, I definitely know that I sort of came out of it feeling a lot of ownership over like Carl, you mm. know, in, in San, uh, San Andreas, Andreas yeah. who, you know, I think was probably the best GDA protagonist because like he actually had something of a character to him, Unlike, you know, Claude and Tommy Vassetti, who were just like blank slate psychopaths. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, no, I, I, I kind of felt like once I got to Nico Bellic and the GDA 5 guys, I was like, they're almost too complex. They're almost not enough of a blank I, slate for me to project myself. Does that... I, I understand I'm, what you're oh, saying, no, I but that. I go yeah. the opposite way where I like... I yeah. empathize more with the character when I understand more See, about the character. in Red Dead Redemption, I had no problem with that because yeah. like Red Dead, I was like, oh, no, I, like, I knew... I, because I knew it wasn't GDA oh, going in, I was like, so John Marston. Oh, yeah, I... So much heart, right? Character. Heart City. And like, and I, I was like, yeah, cool, I'm playing... Like, I, remember, I was so mad when you play as the son at the end. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> but, oh man, I actually... Some bitch. One, one little... Not to be that guy being like, here's an anecdote from that time I played a video game. But like, oh, I've got one ready to go as oh, soon as you let me do it. I'll go first, then you go. Um, now, the, the, I remember like playing Red Dead once, and this was back before I'd quite figured out that it was a different beast of GDA. And in GDA, it's kind of like, how much carnage can I make happen? Oh, yeah. And in Red Dead, you do that, then it's like your honor goes down. It's like, oh, wait, I don't want that. I want to be an honorable man because John <laughs> Marston is an honorable man. But then, like, I remember there was this one mission where it's like, I followed the map way out to like some side quest, and it yeah. was like, somebody wanted you to go and do something to get money to save their farm or I don't, I don't remember the specifics anyway i got there and i was talking to that person i went to press a button to agree and i accidentally killed him <laughs> and my honor just went down by like 500 and i was like fuck so i that's so good like sure i'll be the fuck so like first i kind of like rode in circles for about an hour hoping i would go back and he would respawn but no the body was just still there yeah and then i ended up after playing for like three hours ended up like quitting going back to my former save starting again riding all the way back out there just so i could complete the mission properly because john marston is an honorable man who does not kill innocent bystanders just wanting his assistance that is not who i was in red dead redemption i tied a lot of people to train trucks (laughs) you get an achievement for doing it with like for dick dastardly tying up a woman putting her on the back of your horse riding out to the train tracks Dumping it down on the tracks and waiting for the train to come, you get an achievement. I think it's actually and, called Dick Dastardly. The but you know how, like, how good was it when like you did that and somebody <laughs> and the train would come along and they would just explode? Oh, like just like just hunks amazing. of meat flying Beautiful. everywhere. So oh. fucking good. Um, fucking to play that game. Oh, Red Dead was amazing. Red, I think Red Dead is my favorite video game. Mm. Not, not like, you know, it's a particularly sort of mm. broad selection to choose from, but, like, I think it's probably no, my all-time favorite video game. No, but I think, think you're onto something there in terms of idea with, like, game protagonists oh. and, like, your blank slate and that kind of stuff. Because I, I have a similar experience, but with a Mass Effect series where I just absolutely love playing those series. And every time I talk about it with someone else, and they're like, oh, yeah, when my, you know, my shepherd, blah, blah, blah. And then he went down, I'm like, no, 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 no. My shepherd's <laughs> her, you son of a bitch. A sassy, fiery red head that's who shepherd is and i I think this is a problem when you come down to adapting video games into films that's kind of mass effect does has that problem where gda probably doesn't as Mm. much because mass effect you get to make a lot of choices for the character true but then again this this is a big problem i think in all video game films because like what video game films have there really been that's been good because warcraft even though it's not a very good film is the most successful. Look, there are, the thing is because I, I think I think they haven't mastered it because there are two different... I mean, they're two different mm. mediums and part of the video game experience is that you get to live it. Yes. Particularly in Grand Theft Auto. I mean, in some ways, 
I think it's interesting that, and perhaps surprising that GDA hasn't been adapted because it is so cinematic. But on the other hand, it's like, well, the appeal of GDA yeah. is kind of the open world thing. And then also, so, why would you adapt it? It's already a cinematic exactly. story. So look, so. what I've what I've done mm. is um I've actually mapped out a GDA trilogy. A trilogy right. of GDA films. And, so um, rather than being like, let's try one movie. No, 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 no. no, no. I've got, it's, it's a whole, whole hog, Let's go right um, in. And I was what I was originally going to do because my Vice City pitches, all three of them are kind of unconventional in certain ways. Okay. In that because I sort of I thought about it and I was like, look, you know, the appeal of GDA was never really the narrative; it was the open world stuff. But I was like, okay, if you make a GDA film that is very faithful to the games, you're pretty much going to make a more ludicrous Tarantino film that's probably not going to be as good or as singular. Mm. So like I. I was kind of like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do something a little bit unconventional with each of these and try to do something a bit unexpected. And my Vice City one probably is the clearest example of that. And so when I came into putting this pitch together, I was going to sort of have a very rudimentary pitch for my first film, a very yeah. detailed pitch for my Vice City film, and a very rudimentary pitch for my San Andreas film. But then as I got into writing my first film, which is based on GTA 3, <laughs> it became a bit of a saga. And oh, I got right. quite invested in it. So what I've got now is a very detailed GDA 3 movie pitch, <laughs> which would just be called Grand Theft Auto, uh-huh. and a very brief mm. sort of idea of what I would okay. do in Vice City and San Andreas. GDA 3, it would be just confusing. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. You exactly. Unless you did it third, which it was chronological. Well, yeah. honestly, you probably just could get away with this being GTA because so many people's yeah. first experience was Grand, the Grand Theft Auto sort of world was this one. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, so so look, so. I would I would call this, it's based on Grand Theft Auto 3 plot-wise. <laughs> it's, it, look, it, I wouldn't say loosely based. It certainly includes all pretty much the same characters and the same rough structure. I've yeah. reshuffled a couple of things and I've enriched a couple of, I've, I've turned it into a movie, basically. Right, cool. Well, it's been um, years since I've played it, so I'll probably be like, oh my god, and then what happened? But you know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> I've, I've kind of done my own thing with it, but like, oh, yeah. what I kind of want to do, like, mm-hmm. so you, you can imagine these three films will have what we talked about before, the interconnectivity, the references to each other, characters who yeah. cross over between yeah. films, all of that. So I, I want it to be full of Easter eggs. I want it to be enough of I don't want it to be like, you know, kind of cloying, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm. We're sort of watching me like, oh, this is just made for video game fans. But I want to, you know, have the moments where you can be like, oh, yeah, that and that and that and that. And I've, I've turned a couple of moments on their heads and a couple of things I think VC, uh, GDA fans will appreciate. What I, The core of what I want to do with this is to blend absolutely ludicrous, gleeful, delightful violence mm-hmm. and action with a big old serve of heart. All right. Big old serve of the old heart. I, I do like that. I don't know if it's going to work, gonna but we're going to find out together. Hey, here we are. Okay, so our first film, like I said, based on GTA 3, Grand Theft Auto. Our protagonist is Claude. If you remember Claude from GTA 3, he wasn't a character. <clears throat> no. He was just a very blank state. A very blank state. He didn't speak. I was going to say, he didn't even say any did words. Did not speak at all. Like, did not, never said a word, all of that. And he just, he wasn't anything apart from he was there. But a human derived from that, though. Sorry? But if humor derived from that, though. Well, something, something will derive from that one, I say, poking <laughs> at my chest. So, right. um, so protagonist Claude, now, the way we meet Claude, he is a leather jacket wearing, fast talking, charismatic, cool son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Think James Dean crossed with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's funny, he's quick witted, and crucially, we get the feeling he doesn't really take himself that seriously because, you know, the movie probably shouldn't take itself that seriously. Nothing. So he might True. be like a bit self aware. Um, and we I'm meet. Casting and one of the Franco brothers, I'm sorry. Maybe, yeah. In, in fact, <laughs> actually, considering where this goes, yes. Um, he could be James Franco or All Dave right. Franco. Maybe I want him to be a bit older for reasons I'll get into. All right. But uh, basically, I want – maybe not a Franco because I want us to like him. Like, <laughs> See, I, I like want him them. to – okay, well <laughs> – Anyway, let's <laughs> let's say that you, you want to immediately see this guy and be like, I like this guy. He's yeah. fun. Like a young okay. Robert Downey Jr. would be perfect. Okay, okay. Like you just kind of look at him and you're like, yeah, you're fun. You're irreverent. You're a, you're somebody I want to spend the next two hours with because you're going to be fun to be around. Yep. And we meet him and Catalina, his girlfriend, about to rob a bank in Liberty City. So Catalina, mm-hmm. we referenced her before, as those who played the game will remember, she's this sexy Spanish firebrand. And the impression we get as we watch the two of them banter and bicker before the take is that they kind of match each other and love each other quite fiercely. I mean, these would have been robbing banks for years they're basically bonnie and clyde and they have a hell of a lot of fun doing it but in this dialogue between them at the start we kind of get the impression that claude's sort of starting to mention the fact that hey we're getting older you know like how much more money do we need maybe it's time to think about settling down and you know living properly and catalina doesn't really seem to be listening she's kind of more focused on the bank robbery but she's sort of like look after after we've done this job we can we can talk you know maybe we can sit down and we can discuss this so we launch into a robbing sequence. It's lots of fun, lots of action, lots of one-liners. Catalina and Claude get the money, you know. It's lots of lots of maybe you can have like lots of little gags and stuff going on in there. It wants to be like a big, fun, ridiculous set piece. And they're getting the money and they're stealing it. And 
this is the point where we start to realize the cops are coming and because Claude and Catalina have kind of been around for so long, in GDA terms, they are six-star criminals. They've robbed one too many banks and they're not getting off easily. The police are surrounding them. You can bring in the tanks if you want to get really ridiculous with it. If you want to assume that this exists in the GDA world where everything is yeah, yeah. amped up to 11, yeah. you can have tanks turning up for this bank robbery. Why not? And as they're running, it's at this moment that Catalina shoots Claude in the leg. <gasps> and he goes down. And she kind of smiles ruefully at him and she says in, in her accent, consider this your chance to settle down. <gasps> as the cops close in and she runs. Now, Claude, despite his shock, has been in the game long enough to know that he can't go down without a fight. So he opens fire on the cops. They open fire back. Bullets are ricocheting everywhere. Claude opens his mouth in defiant scream and we cut to two months later. Prison transport. Claude, still wrapped in bandages, sits next to this thick-set Italian-American man. Everyone on the transport is loudmouthed and crude except for these two. And the Italian man, whose name is Tony kind of watching everyone with this barely veiled disdain. Claude is saying nothing. Tony's kind of saying, oh, you know, can you believe these punks? He says to Claude. Claude still says nothing. Tony, who's a bit older, he starts waxing lyrical about how crime used to be different in this city, how now it's overrun by mouthy kids with no honour or respect. But, but he knows his own types when he sees them, and he, knows, and he knows of Claude. He's a famous bank robber. And he mentions that, hey, you know, I work for Salvatore Leone, who's this huge Liberty City mob boss. And he mentions that, hey, maybe Salvatore could use a guy like Claude with, you know, his reputation and his skills. Mm-hmm. Once they get out, it might be worth looking into it. And Claude just kind of looks blankly at Tony, doesn't react. He says nothing. Tony asks him, you know, are you a mute or something? Claude kind of just looks at him. And we sort of get the impression that whatever happened in that gunfight, however he was hurt, he can't talk anymore. Mm. So the motor mouth has lost the ability to speak. Mm. And just as Tony goes to say something, the van is rocked by an explosion from outside. The prisoners start panicking. Chaos ensues. The van is overturned. Gunshots. The back bursts open. There's fire and smoke everywhere. And everyone stumbles out, scattering into the Liberty City night. Claude Days kind of gets out just in time to see Tony being ushered into one of several black cars and driven away. The gunshots kind of intensifying. Claude runs. He runs until he's kind of far away in the dodgy side of town. He finds an alley and he's sitting there sheltering in the cold. Maybe it starts snowing. And now we see him not as this cocky, cool bank robber, but as a broken man who has lost absolutely everything. Like everything that sort of individualized him, you know, his his status, his girlfriend, his motor mouth, everything. He's completely alone in this city he doesn't know. And he breaks down and cries hmm. silently. But even mute bank robbers on the run from the law need to eat. So Claude starts looking for work. <laughs> and, we, you know, give him a bit of a funny montage of him trying various odd jobs. He falls in with a petty car thief. And he's, we see him slowly work his way up the chain of command in Liberty City. Few more fun sequences, him doing jobs for various characters, classic GDA antics. Eventually, he ends in the sights of Salvatore Leone, the godfather of Liberty City crime. And Leone has jobs for him. So Claude goes along to meet Leone, and while he's waiting there, while he's waiting to be called into the office, he gets the attention of this young woman, also waiting there. She tries to get Claude talking, only to realise that he can't speak. And she's quite a fast talker, she's kind of irreverent, and she has no issue giving him shit, and he actually kind of seems a bit amused by this. It might be the first time since the start that we've seen him kind of have a bit of a chuckle and sort of react with a bit of warmth towards someone. And we start to get sent for a bit of a connection, even though, you know, he's completely non-verbal. And we get the feeling that this is the kind of girl maybe once upon a time he would have gone for. Maybe she reminds him a bit of a younger Catalina. Except, as Salvatore Leone calls Claude into his office, we realise that she is his wife. Ah. And while the relationship is evidently frosty, hitting on the wife of a mob boss, whose name is Maria, by the way, a character from the games, Mm -hmm. is not a good idea for Claude. So Leone starts giving Claude work, leading to, you know, more action sequences. It's going to be a very action-heavy film. You know, a couple of heists, a couple of car chases, more classic GDA action. And between the jobs, we see Maria slowly getting closer to Claude. And crucially, she doesn't treat him like hired muscle. She treats him like a person. Mm -hmm. And while she has no qualms making fun of him, she seems to kind of have some sympathy. So as Claude starts doing more jobs through the city, he gets more employers. And one of them is Asuka, another character from the game, the icy head of the Yakuza in Liberty City. And Asuka is also very respectful with Claude and, again, treats him more like a person, Salvatore Leone, who is very gruff, very insulting, and very unpleasant. And Claude slowly starts to realize that Asuka's trying to get information from him about Leone. Mm-hmm. And we sort of start to get the impression that there's a bit of a Cold War going on between the various gangs. And Claude, by merit of not having known the city or the lay of the land, is stuck in the middle of all of them. (laughs) But it's around this point that rumours start to reach Claude that Catalina is still in town, now working with with the Mexican cartel. And now Claude isn't just looking to survive anymore. He's out for revenge. But most of all, he wants to know why she did that to him. 
So Claude starts looking into it. He starts investigating, but he starts planning his attack. But right when he's pretty much ready to strike, all he needs is to know where Catalina is. He gets a call from Asuka with a new job. She wants him to take out Salvatore Leone. Now, on the one hand, Claude likes Asuka a lot more than he likes Leone. But on the other hand, his first loyalty is to Leone. Mm-hmm. And more to the point, to Maria. Yeah, yeah. So Asuka makes him an offer. Take out Leone, and she'll give him Catalina. It doesn't take much more than that. <laughs> Leone's going down. So another action scene. Claude chases down Leone's limo. It can be pretty much the same as the same mission in the game where you have to kill him. A shootout ensues, and after a lengthy fight, Claude eventually gets his target. And he returns to Asuka looking for information. She tells him where the cartel is working from, and Claude is off like a shot, ready to go. But then he gets a phone call. It's Tony, Leone's right-hand man, who he met in the van at the start. Mm. And Tony has Maria hostage. And Claude better come fast. Because Tony is not very happy about the death of his boss. So Claude thinks, and he goes back to Asuka. We don't see what happens. Location Tony gave Claude to meet him is Leone's old mansion. Claude meets him there. It's a huge house. It's empty. And Tony is waiting in there alone with Maria, gun to her head. Claude arrives and, you know, true to form, says nothing. Um, And Tony says, what, you thought the two of you could pull this shit off together? Kill my boss? Don't play fucking dumb as if I didn't have eyes and ears all around the city. I know that she's been talking to the Yakuza. And it's now that Claude realises Maria used him. Through the Yakuza, she used him to kill her husband. (laughs) Tony aims a gun at the shocked Claude, ready to take revenge, and an explosion outside rocks the house. In burst cartel goons, one holding a rocket launcher. And they open fire and chaos ensues. Claude and Maria duck for cover. Tony is torn apart by bullets. A huge shootout follows. But Claude manages to take out the cartel guys one by one until the only one left standing among the smoke and debris is Catalina. The two former lovers face off. Claude can't speak, but his eyes ask the question, why? Catalina knows him well enough. She says, because you're small time. You're not a gangster. You don't have what it takes to make it in this city. Claude smiles. They'll see about that. They raise their guns at the same time. The shootout begins. Claude gets hit in the shoulder. Catalina gets hit in the leg. Finally, she staggers out and Claude follows, picking up the dropped rocket launcher as he does. (laughs) Outside, (laughs) you see the helicopter that Catalina had used to get here. And she clambers aboard and manages to fly, manages to take off. And Claude, wincing in pain, shot, injured, lifts the rocket launcher against his wounded shoulder, eyes on the chopper, and he says, goodbye, sweetheart, and shoots it down. (laughs) The chopper explodes. The night goes quiet. Claude stands alone outside the mansion, breathing heavily. Maria comes to join him. She hugs him and she kisses him. She's so sorry she lied. She didn't want to use him. But she had to be free of Leone, and now they can rule this city together. Everything else is theirs. Claude just kind of looks at her. And he starts to walk. And she follows him, still talking, talking big, telling him all about her dreams, about everything they can have, about how they can be together, about everything that's going to happen. Claude just keeps walking. We fade to black and we can still hear Maria talking and talking. This is what's going to happen. It's all going to be great. And then a gunshot silences her. (laughs) The end. Which is the same ending as GTA 3. I know. I'd forgotten about that ending. Yeah, that was there. That was there. Like I said, I use use the plot pretty heavily. Just... um, Gave it a bit more meat, a bit more guts, a bit of of the old. And I kind of like the idea that, you know, that Claude kind of wanted to settle, but now he can't Mm. because, like. He's in that life now. He's in that life now. And, like, he had the chance to leave, but it was too late. And so Catalina fucks him over. Then the end was she's like, yeah, you're small time. Well, he was, but he's not anymore. Mm. And now he is, and he's not going to trust again. He's not going to trust Maria again, particularly if she kind of reminds him a bit of Catalina. Mm. He's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's sort of a bit of a tragedy because, like, I want us to like him at the start. Straight up, think, there's a tragedy. Yeah, 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 basically, yeah. He can't get away from what he doesn't want to be at. With. Exactly. At the start, he doesn't want to be it anymore, but by the end of it, he kind of is. And what I think would be really fun with this is the idea that we have this mute protagonist but actually make him a character. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make him just this, like, goon who's there and a thug. The actor, you need a really good wow, actor yeah, ab- to bring across all of the emotion that he would have to play. Well, you'd have to, yeah. uh, sorry, you'd have to translate so much and it would kind of tie in very well. You're talking about a couple different montages where he's working his way up and stuff like that. But you make that almost the conversation that the character or the yeah. his dialogue. You make- 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Make it, you have to make it through action. Absolutely. Which does heavily favor a true to GTA sort of movie. Mm. Absolutely. They're all about action. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I think would be really fun too, because you could do a lot with editing as well. Like, mm. you know, somebody giving him a job and like cutting his from his facial expression to him doing the job to somebody else giving him a job that might clash. And then, you know, maybe another kind of exasperated facial expression. You could actually do like yeah, yeah. lots of fun character work with it. And I think the challenge of writing a film like this in in all of that, it would be like a fun, silly, action-packed romp that mm, I would yeah. want you to enjoy from start to finish, but actually kind of have a plot and a character we can kind of care about. Yeah, yeah. Is the fact that like the fun of it would be how do you make this guy a really interesting, fun character mm. without him ever saying a word apart from the opening scene? Mm. And I like the fact that maybe if we introduce him as the first thing we think is, oh, he's really fast-talking, really witty and really funny. He's the funny guy. And you give him lots of great one-liners, lots of like, little witty comments. and yeah, like, yeah. But then he can't speak for the rest of the film. And That's an actor good. has to it's bring good. that same quality to a character without ever talking. Mm. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be a good twist. Oh, sorry, I were you about? To, I I think it'd be a good twist as well because you get a lot of maybe GDA fans who come in and they're like, "Oh my god, he's gonna you know fucking be the goddamn like uh, just absolutely most annoying yeah, character." Yeah. But then you have that twist. Mm. And that's like, oh, no, he can't speak. <laughs> no, we're being true. Don't worry. Relax. Fine, exactly. And particularly because the, the GTA fans who'd play yeah. GTA 3 would watch and they'd be like, oh, no, he is Claude. That's yeah, why yeah. he can't talk. Because initially I thought about maybe, because I, I just, when he lifted the rocket launcher at the end, because he doesn't say anything in the game when he does that, but mm. like, because he just never speaks in the game. But when he, I was like, oh, I really want to have like a, and he can have a better kiss off line than that. But I was like, man, I want, I wanted to say something then, because originally I was going to have him been shot in the mouth. And that was why he couldn't talk in the I opening I like that shootout. one better. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. in, the, in the opening where the, 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 the fight out, like the, the gunfight with the, the cops, I was like, shot in the throat or yeah, something like that, or cut in the throat, or just so he's like, everything is, you know, uh, people who have uh, got the, what's it called when they get the, the hole in the throat? Uh, tracheoc- a tracheotomy. Yeah, tracheotomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't, they, they can't yes, talk that. unless they like put their yeah. thumb next to their throat. So you, you know what? You're, you're actually right. Like it, it's better because like because this this kind of implies that like he's made some kind of dumb vow of silence until he kills Catalina. But yeah. like I actually <clears> prefer that like somebody whose skill is talking his way out of things mm. now can't talk. Yeah, I'd say actually, yeah. Uh, when maybe they're running, she shoots him in the leg, but then she's like slashes his throat with Ooh, a knife. Or- or maybe right? even when he comes around the corner, because uh, in the game, I don't know if you were saying the same way, but he gets shot in a back alley. Yeah, that's... I don't remember. It's been a long time. Uh, well, um, anyway, he, like, turns a corner in the back alley, mm. turns into her pressing a gun into his mouth. 
And then you have that. Oh, scene. that's right. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, I, I don't think that. that's what happens in the game, but like you could have that in the yeah. movie. Oh, so, I think it was something I don't remember. But anyway, he does I, turn a corner and she turns around and shoots him mm. in a back alley. But yeah, you could have someone like yeah, he shoots in the leg and then just you know shoots him in the, or, or cuts him in the throat and maybe he Columbia can be a necktie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go on. Uh, he can try and speak, but I would say he's like. <laughs> Maybe you know he'll I mean? like, like, have a couple things like that. You know what would kind of be really funny? Very though? frustrated to yeah, if like, do that. When he, when he the shoots the rocket launcher, yeah. and he I says know what you're about to say. Subtitles? Oh, no. <laughs> no I was going to say, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, and, like, you know, a swell of inspirational music, probably like, or maybe like, you know, you have the classic GDA soundtrack and have like some power ballad that like ramps mm. up as he like lifts the rocket launcher and like the music swells. He goes, <laughs> subtitles like, good night, sweetheart, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I like even. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep, you keep doing this. Uh, yeah. I, I'd say, yeah, I'd have it like a raspy voice, and so at the Maybe, end, yeah. he can when he actually finally does say something, it's like it's actually clear and audible. But I'd have it there like a, a scar or something like that. Yes, wait, it's yeah. a cool badass like, thing to have. <laughs> yeah, I like when he lifts the rocket launcher up. Maybe he's like. A <gasps> He tries a couple times to do the, <gasps> he can't get it out. And then he's just like, whatever. <laughs> and then he just flies it. Yes. Wait, like he, like he goes to have the badass, like. He keeps trying to do line. it, but he can't get it out. Mm. So he's just like, fuck this shit and fires and it. And fires it. What about Goodfella-esque narration? I mm. still, I don't think, I, I think I want you to just forget that he ever had a voice. Okay. I think. Because like, I would say, because yeah. that's the moment where it's like, you know, you could almost have that. Almost like the kiss, kiss, bang, bang kind of thing. Over the, over the top narration being just like. This is the part where I wish I had a voice because then I would have told her to go fuck herself. That actually, oh yeah, no, that. Mm. Oh, I could see that too. That mm. could be kind of fun. Mm, yeah, because like that way he still lacks his voice for. Yeah, actually, you know, what? I think I like that more because it's not like you. It's not like there's a blanket rule that you never hear him talk because you do it at the start of the film. Mm. I mean, like so I, I, I like the idea that, of having to yeah. build a character who doesn't. I speak. agree, but I'd have maybe some narrations That'd over the funny, top though. of a little bit like. Are you, oh, so you're saying a couple times in the movie, not just at that point? Because if it was just just at that point, it would just seem too abrupt. So you'd have to have it at least sometimes over the maybe at the start and the end or something mm, like that. Yeah. Well, you can even have like when he sees Maria for the first time, he's kind of like in voice. He's like, "This is a beautiful woman. I'm going to charm this woman." Opens his mouth, <laughs> and he's just like, "That went better in my head." Yeah. So I mean, you could go either way. I like. Uh, I know. would say personally, no narration because mm. I like. I'm very pro no voice. I am pro no no voice, but I do like the idea of being just the if I could say something, so I say fuck you. Yeah. Oh, but, mm. but again, you'd you'd have to kind of trial a few different things. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. What, so what doesn't? Yeah. I mean, like it's because initially I kind of thought I want him to never say anything, but then I was like, it's more. In- is it more interesting if like there's a character whose voice is a big part of him and then he loses it completely? Yes. yes. Like I well, think yeah. I really like that. And then he sort of has to learn because, you know, like particularly maybe we have a couple of scenes in the bank robbery where like maybe somebody almost maybe he's not very good at the start. Maybe that's kind of part of his arc that he'd be mm. at, he's a bit bumbling and like we get the impression that Catalina is a really capable one. Yeah. And as he kind of bumbles through, his skill is actually talking his way out of things. Mm. So maybe there's like a bit where a bank clerk can like do something really simple to stop him. And he's kind of like, now, look, let me explain this. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like, you know, has this big like rambly talk. And that's kind of. His skill is talking his way out of tough corners. Yeah. Or like a security mm-hmm. guard's got a gun on him and is like shaking and he kind of manages to talk the guard down. He's yeah. He's like, oh man, you know. And-, and like make it very evident and clear that he loves the fact that he can do this. He almost has like a really sweet angel-like voice where he can be like, so blah, blah. And he just starts talking to this one guy and the, the, the tail in the conversation can be like, and now you've been paying attention to me so much that you don't know that I've actually taken your gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that, yeah. What? And, and so stuff like Some that. Bullshit David Blaine. Yeah, shit. bullshit Just, David yeah, Blaine good, style. Good fun. Because, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, like I do I do want it to kind of like run a decent gamut of emotions where like I want you mm. at the end to be like, oh, wow, that was sad. And then, <laughs> but like, but like for the whole film, you're actually generally having a good time. No, there there's, there are moments yeah, of pathos here and there. Like, and I it think... does pay off and we care about Claude. But like, yeah. generally speaking, it's Grand Theft Auto, man. You're exactly. here for explosions and fights and good music. I'd say like, at the opening, like where they're having that conversation, having that whilst they're pulling the heist to kind of have that kind of fun banter back and forth. Oh yeah, if they're, they're also doing this. If they're heist. talking about settling down while they've like got yeah, people yeah, held yeah. up hostage with shotguns. I think and stuff that'd like be that. a fun, kind of neat idea. And you sort of punctuate all this like, talk about like domesticity with like mm. them like you know pistol whipping people and stuff like have that. Have a teller pipe up like oh, I don't know like the housing market isn't oh, great right now. Fuck, yeah, that'd be so yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, shit like that. Like oh, I don't know blah blah blah. Can you get a loan? Like what do you think we're doing? I oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> or they're like they, they actually ask the teller one but they're like hey man you know economics like yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit it's like, like oh well look you know this time's not really great. <laughs> but like yeah you can you have a ton of fun with mm. that. Uh, and also when he's little with a weeping uh, silently weeping I'd have someone kind of notice him and that's how he starts going into jobs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, cool. you know that makes sense. I mean. that, that links it up more. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
or he sees someone or something like that. Just something, have that, that moment where he's weeping and then he opens his eyes and maybe he sees someone um, robbing yeah. a car and he's like, like, you know, puts his hand up to sort of stop him. He's like, oh, it's your car, is it? He's like, no, no, no. It's like kind of like somehow to signal. And help. then like maybe gives him some advice. In like the, so yeah. maybe like somebody's trying to hotwire a car and he like kind of puts his hand up. He's like, what's your car? And he goes, no, no, no. Like, you know, shaking his head and just like goes, like shows him how to do it properly. And, and then gives him like a that. thumbs up. And he's like, yeah. hey, man, it's sick. Hey, my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> need some jobs, some shit. And then he just goes from there. In the game, don't you like mm. when the you're bus busting crashes, out with a friend? Yeah, yes. could you we, bust out with a friend. Yeah, could yeah, you yeah, not yeah. keep that? Oh yeah, you could. I just forgot that part. Yeah. I just know like because Tony Soprani is he's also the protagonist of Liberty City Stories, and he's like your first port mm. of call with Salvatore Leone yeah. or Leone. Yeah. I think I changed it like three times throughout there, whether it was Leone or Leone. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, it's spelled L E O N E, so whatever that's meant to be. Leone. I was called Leone. Leone. Whatever. I think it'd be a good scene to for him to be like, okay, now let me take you to the man I've been working for. You, you know, help me bust out or whatever. And you see him maybe in the lounge room or something like that of this this guy. And he looks up at the TV or whatever, and you see a news article about uh, his girlfriend's, I forget her name. Catalina. Catalina. You know, has robbed another bank or some bullshit like that. And then you, you can more understand that why he's crying because yeah. then he cries then. You want a lot of that in the background. Like, you know, I wouldn't – I'd kind of have references to Catalina kind of threaded throughout it where you sort of see that it's like – it's this thing that's definitely haunting him because he's like, well, yeah. why? Mm. Um, and maybe I, I would probably like – because like if I – if, you know, you went on and made this whole trilogy, which, you know, won't ever happen, mm. but whatever, it's fun. <laughs> um, you know, technically speaking, Vice City and San Andreas are prequels. So you could kind of reference mm. Tommy Vassetti and CJ in the background. Ooh. Like, you know, as, like you wouldn't show them because you wouldn't cast the actors yet. Yeah, but like, you know, maybe Salvatore Leone is kind of like, oh, you know, and Carl Johnson over in uh, yeah, yeah. over in whatever, the Los Venturists, the Vegas mm. of the GDA-verse. Yeah. Like, you know, some reference like that or, you know, mm. Tommy Vassetti is like, cornered my business in Vice City and something like that. Yeah, because the thing is, I, I, I really like this idea and I really think it's a neat cool thing you can have as a mute protagonist especially for something that would potentially be a, a sort of like a tentpole film such as GTA because yeah. they'd want people oh look at this blah, and blah, it's blah. fun little but, things like that that give it a bit of an edge too, and the thing which... is though I just don't think anyone would if there ever was if they were ever going to make this into a film they would just probably just do something like Goodfellas and just make it a straight crime film and that's you, almost disappointing you lose a lot if you just absolutely make it and it's like and maybe this is the problem with a lot of um, video game adaptations is they just don't lean in enough yeah. to where, what they came from. I would embrace, yeah. I would totally embrace the inherent ludicrousness. And look, I the reason, the argument I make is that when I played the GDA games, I particularly San Andreas, I cared about the characters and about what happened to them. Mm. While you're doing missions where you're stealing jets and shooting down other jets and stealing, you know, uh, jet packs and all of yeah, that shit yeah. and going into Area 51 and stealing top secret technology and all of this shit. So, like, you still you know, care. I still care. So, mm. it's not like the outright ridiculousness can't coexist with yeah. an actual beating heart. And this is the thing. It's it's fun. Exactly. You know what I mean? What it's, I, it's, yeah. it's, Fun. First so, thing is that it's got to be fun. It can't take itself that seriously yeah. until it does. And like, I want, I want it to be the kind of thing where it's like you watch it with the audience, and it's not, it's not smarmy mm. and like too winking. But it's enough that you watch it, and unlike other video games, you kind of watch it, and it's like, yeah, we know what we're doing. Like, you know, mm. we we we're we're in on the joke. We're yeah. very self aware that this is completely ridiculous. I don't know if it's one hundred percent necessarily seriousness you need, or is it just like um, empathizing and feeling for the yes, character? That's it. That's what you need. That's yes. the, that's the heart of it. Then when the character you know hits their low point, you care, and that's yes. very. It's so very important. easy to like a character if you make them a you know sort of a, mm. an enjoyable com- comedic character. Yeah, almost. yeah. Particularly if you like make make. I, I love the idea. Of, fuck, that's such a good. I wish I'd thought of that with like the <laughs> the bank robbery at the start, and they're just like asking. That. <laughs> And because it's a GDA verse and everyone's probably really used to this, so they're just like, you know, asking kind of the people in the bank for yeah, advice absolutely. and all of this stuff yeah. like that. That would be fucking hilarious. Like, if I saw that as the opening scene, I'd be sitting there being like, yeah, I'm sold. This is hilarious. Yeah. And then and you have the moment like, where he breaks and down you and you're like, like, oh, man. What was your name again? It's like, you know, uh, 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 Sam. You see, as Sam is saying, <laughs> you can't invest it this time. And like, shit like that, we fucking gold. All right, so that's... Um, that's that's G- yeah, my first that's, one. That's so, GTA. And so you, you've had now, a bit of an outline of a trilogy. Yes. So... Uh, so where would you go from there? Would you basically the second one would jump back to Vice City? Okay, um, and it's a it's Vice City, but like I think Vice City as a game is basically Scarface. Yes. So like when I looked at GTA three, I was yeah, it really is, and it's it's not ashamed of it either. But like when I looked at GTA three, I was like, mm-hmm. like what? And then I thought, what what's the key to making this work as a story? And I was like, well, a mute protagonist. I just thought was fun. Mm. With Vice City, I'm actually 
doing something a bit different. So we're going to start with the and, – and if you thought the previous one was the tragedy, this one is the fucking tragedy. <laughs> um, you start with the same opening as Vice City. You know, it's Tommy Vercetti arriving in Vice City in the 80s, ready for a drug deal. You know, there's the it's on a shadowy dock. There's mist everywhere. There's some guys coming towards him. He's coming towards them, and then some goons start shooting them from the distance. Drug deal goes wrong. Tommy Vercetti, like, pulls out his gun, and maybe he shoots a couple of guys at the other end of the dock, all of this, and he manages to escape, but, like, loses money, loses everything, loses connections. And from there, we kind of, you know, play out the same plot of Vice City of, like, Tommy Vercetti climbing his way to the top, more or less the plot we just saw in the previous film. But, you know, Tommy Vercetti is an unpleasant character. Like, he's mm. he's voiced by Ray Liotta. He basically is Ray Liotta from Goodfellas, and he's not nice. How old does he, <laughs> how old does he look now? Could you get Ray him Liotta? to play? Old. He's old. Yeah, no. I haven't seen him in a he's while. He's an older chap. Um, That's unfortunate. But anyway, so but what we're going to do at the same time is actually follow a parallel story. Okay. So the parallel story is a character I'm borrowing from Vice City Stories, who is Victor Vance, the brother of Lance Vance, you mm. know, who you, who uh, Tommy Vercetti works with in Vice City. Name. Yeah, Lance Vance. <laughs> and it was a very shooting someone who's like the Lance Vance dance. And it's like people just quoted that for so long. Anyway, no, Lance Vance is the name of a character that I'm not going to change because fuck it. Why would you? Oh, it's, the, it's, it's the best. Be hey, if Suicide if Squad can get away with June Moon, then you know what? <laughs> We're fine. Damn right. So – we're going to actually follow Vic Vance kind of arriving at the same time. And yeah. Vic Vance's story, I'm kind of going to crib a lot from GDA uh, Vice City stories where mm. basically we're going to kind of watch the two of them, their respective rises to power in this city. Except the difference is that we're going to see Tommy Vercetti being this ruthless monster. And Vic Vance, with his military background, only one to look after his family – is a softer character who kind of just wants to get out of the game but keeps getting pulled back in by his mm-hmm. brother. And so, like, there'll be crossovers. Like, you know, Lance will meet mm-hmm. Tommy Vercetti and Vic, and a lot of the other mob bosses they'll meet at different times. But the two of them will never meet each other. So we're just going to kind of watch both of them rising to yeah. power. And okay. so I'm going to – there's a lot, like, in like, – I kind of thought Vic Vance was, like, a prototype Nico Bellic where there was, like, a lot of stuff you really empathize with. Like, you know, there was a whole subplot about him kind of falling in love with this, like – battered wife of some hillbilly who he killed some hillbilly bad guy yeah. and kind of him like kind of looking after her and ta- and her like sort of redeeming him a bit and like a lot of really nice stuff there and then he ended up losing her and it was all very sad and then all of that so you know we'll kind of have that as well so we'll watch kind of Vic Vance struggling to be a good man in this bad bad city while Tommy Vercetti is just like you know cracking skulls and murdering and getting to the top and it'll still be kind of fun and kooky and everything and as it goes on you know it'll escalate they'll both become more and more powerful they'll both sort of go you know they'll they both have challenges. They'll some over, overcome the challenges, all of that. And the, as the film goes on, it kind of becomes clear that we're heading for a big, big showdown because these two guys are both becoming really, really big fish in their respective ponds. Mm. And at a certain point, they are going to overlap and it is not going to be pretty. And a lot of these other characters we watch throughout the film who've interacted with both of them are going to get caught in the crossfire. And so the whole film, we're ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. We suddenly reach the climax of their respective stories. They both are heading towards a major drug deal, only to realize that the drug deal Vic Vance is arriving at is the drug deal from the start of the film. Ah. And that uh, Tommy Vercetti killed him at the start of the film. Huh. That Vic's story played out in the months before. Right. And Tommy's story started where Vic's ended. And so where the film ends is when we realize that in this city – the good man dies and the bad man flourishes. Right. And that's why GDA Vice City, it's actually about the city. Mm. And it's taking two very different men, showing where they go. Fuck, I went on my own little parallel journey over the course of your telling. At the beginning, you, you start saying, oh, you know, a montage. I'm like, oh, this is just literally a rehash. But then you start adding, oh, no, we've got the little tidbit here where you got another mm-hmm. parallel story. Yep. I'm like, oh, no, I'm into it now. I'm enjoying that. And then fucking that... Poor that pu- gut punch at the end. Yep. Fuck. That good would job. fuck a few people up. No, thanks, man. And oh, um, fuck, that's good. That would be my Vice City, and my San Andreas would just be a straight adaptation of San Andreas because why fuck with perfection? <laughs> um, it's yeah, good. Yeah. No, it's a good story. And, yeah, it, I like the Vice City because you'd open it with um, the fo- focus on Tony as he shoots someone, and you don't see yeah, the person you don't see the person he shoots, yeah. and then yeah. at the oh, end you realize, yeah, yeah. and you realize that the <laughs> showdown you thought you were gearing up to actually already happens. Vice City is the one where you have definitely have the um, narration. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. have that line absolutely. at the end. Uh, Vice City is the man where the. Uh, mm. Vice City is the place where the good man dies and the bad man flourishes. Yeah. Which is, yeah, the theme of the film. Um, so that would be my Vice City movie. So I was going to make my. Like, when I. I was going to make the Vice City one the really detailed pitch, but 
as I kind of got into doing the first one, I kind of got really into that. And then I sort of finished it and I was like, am I really going to pitch two really detailed GDA films in like an hour long? Is that, that's going to get tedious. That's going to get, and, and I knew that like San Andreas was just going to be San Andreas because fuck it, San Andreas is great. It was really good as yeah. is. See, so, because yeah, I actually haven't played San Andreas. So how would you, is it sort of just. Look, San Andreas is a bit more. San Andreas I would make like a big sprawling sort of saga because San Andreas basically the plot is, you know, same as all of them, it starts with kind of a betrayal. Mm. Like, you know, Carl Johnson comes back to uh, San Andreas after years in Liberty City because his mum gets murdered and he gets caught up again in like his old crew's troubles. Mm. And then they all kind of get betrayed by a corrupt cop played by Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Who, Tenpenny. You could get who, to play, reprise oh, that yeah. role. Absolutely. He's still and, perfect for that role. And it's, it's actually, uh, San Andreas has like a very intricate kind of crime plot. And it, there's oh, this good. amazing like... It's an amazing story about, like, basically the story of it is Carl Johnson trying to come home again. And so, like, he gets driven out of, of uh, what is it in, what's Los, it's not Los Venturas, it's, um, oh, what's Los Angeles at... called in, oh, in San um, Andreas? Uh, it was the setting of GTA oh, Five. It's eluding me. Um, yeah, uh, San Andreas. No, wait. No, it's not, San Andreas <laughs> is a state. Um, no, sorry. Oh, shit. Los Santos. Los Santos. Yeah, that's Los right. Santos. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Fuck, that was the best, like, I got it. No, 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 no I'm no. an idiot. It's, it's Los what Santos. What is wrong with me? <laughs> it's San Fierro, which is San Francisco, and Los Venturas, yeah. which is Vegas. And San Fierro is so beautiful. Isn't it just? Oh, isn't it so just? so amazing. And then you, you have the whole story with the- Go and download these right now. It's so anyway. good, man. No, I got so, it right now on Steam. Oh, it's, I'm no, going to go on I'm going to my iPad. But, yeah, no, because you have- um, yeah, because basically it's like Carl's story of how he gets driven out of Los Santos. And it's weird because like you go and then you have to like the next thing is, you know, you have mm. a friend, Caesar, who I love, your mm-hmm. sister's uh, boyfriend, who puts you up in a garage in San Fierro, which is San Francisco. And you have to kind of work your way from the bottom again in this new city. And you end up falling in with um with the triads. And there's a Wootsie Moo. Remember the blind triad yeah. leader who's like a yeah. really likable character. And you kind oh. of get really – and the two of you buy a casino together in Las Venturas. And, but, oh. but then anytime because it's open world, you can go movie. back to yeah. Los Santos whenever you want. Yeah, but right. you will get shot to shit within seconds <laughs> because there are gangs everywhere who just will not you put up with home. you. can't go home. The gangs have the streets and, and the cops are unpleasant towards exactly. you. Exactly. So the whole point of it, the whole point of San Andreas is like you have to get to a point where you're powerful enough to go home and reclaim what is yours. So that would be the story of the film. Just going like, on. See, 3 and Vice City don't have that yeah, kind right. of narrative. It's more just like rise to the top and kill as many people as you can and eventually there's an antagonist you have to take out at the end. Whereas San Andreas actually has this beautiful story about like a man who's driven out of his home. Mm. And it because the first part, the first act, I guess, of the game is him kind of learning to appreciate his home again to yeah. realize that this is where he belongs. And then he gets driven out. And then he has to kind of like go come through back. all of this yeah. stuff to come back home and reclaim what is his. And when you get to the end of San Andreas, it's so satisfying because you finish it and you're like, man, <clears> I just went on a journey. Can you fit all that in in, in one story, in one Unlikely. film? Like that's kind of yeah. my question. Because it's, it's a big look, story. Because GTA I, 3, I, uh, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, look, GTA 3 that, can do it. Yeah, you can, you can cut one. a lot of – Look, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of stuff there about two people rising to power. But you do it well and with enough, you know, clever editing and that kind of stuff. It's a nice little circular story that kind of does And if you do fit. montages, you can like allude to famous mm, mm, missions mm, that mm. you don't actually mm, show yeah. playing out and stuff. But it seems San Andreas almost needs – The San Andreas would be a three-hour Western epic. Like, All right. can, can I, and that, that, like, if, if somebody was like, hey, Gabe, you know, you've, you've made a GTA 3 adaptation that somehow worked. You've made a weirdly artsy Vice City adaptation that somehow worked. We're going to give you full creative freedom. San <laughs> wow. would be my self indulgent, bloated three Request hour epic. Part one, part two. That's true. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't like, know. I, I would. I want it to be like a big, you know, sprawling. If Tarantino can make The Hateful Eight, which is a play set in one room, <laughs> a three and a half hour long epic, then God damn it, I can do it with San Andreas. Okay, okay. okay. I would break it into two. Okay, well, that's possible. I would fucking Hunger Games that shit. And I know what that implies, but it would be good, <laughs> I swear. Yes, yeah, but like it would depend on how you did it. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on one. One probably admittedly long film but I one feel film. you'd cut too much out though yeah maybe mm. like it, it seems to that story like it's almost almost a good two-parter to be where he go, go, goes home this, this is coming from someone who has just got the spark notes just then as yes. you all heard it uh it would be the like the part one the story there is you going home and investigating whatever it has there and it ends with um cj being kicked out and that's that, it that happens that's quite it. early in the game though uh, like it's okay. i was gonna say yeah i yeah. reckon the move from san fiero to las what is it las venturas. venturas yeah i would say that's your cut off from yeah okay yeah if i did it 
Okay, okay. Because, because I want enough time for that mission where you play a valet. I love that mission. Oh, that's a good shot on Oh, what about Yon? You know, you know what you need enough room for is uh, all the zero missions with uh, the, the remote control fucking Ooh. planes. Ooh, and, uh, no, thank you. And his, uh, uh, his no nemesis. And cut how they... that right out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can cut zero existence. entirely. What was the fucking... Who was, what was his nemesis? The point? Name? I just no got point. so sick of hearing. Like when zero was like, oh, fuck, what was... Uh, I don't know. I just, it was the name of this guy who like had a rival remote mm. control store. <laughs> and I think you end up killing him. Because of course you do. Because well, yeah. for some reason, feuds between like two nerds is only ever end in one way. Yeah, yeah that's didn't true. they do something similar to that in in GTA Three as well? I don't remember. Like a, ri- two a rival ri- RC, yeah, that specifically? Or like two rival Not toys to things, something like that. Mm, no, you find a lot was... of two rival, a, a dumb <laughs> yes. small time thing that yeah, apparently yeah. needs to it's end. Sort of a in staple Murloc. of Grand Theft Auto, yeah. which you know is is fun. Okay, okay. and the uh, the sneaky fourth uh, film of uh, would... Red Dead Redemption. Yes. Oh no, Red Dead Redemption <laughs> would be my spiritual sequel. Um, Red Dead Redemption <laughs> would be my passion project after I've you know after I've done my Hollywood time with the GDA trilogy. But I feel like you know unless they paid me the big bucks, I would probably um, I probably step back of creative control. I, I would executive produce four and five okay. uh, after uh-huh, after uh-huh. my. I, uh, this is my... a level of planning I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, neither was I. But um, but I, I have I have thought about it, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I have considered it. All right, and, all right. Yeah, you know, like if I if I ended up getting you know the two parter, so I could I could really tell you know San Andreas with the scope and attention it deserves. Then after that, you know, I'm happy to executive produce, but to pass on creative control to a new generation of Grand Theft Auto fans <laughs> who could make four and five. But um, you know, I will do Red Red Redemption. That's I'll do mine. Red Redemption. Uh... <laughs> well, Red Dead Redemption is like if I was Peter Jackson after I've you know done the Lord of the Rings trilogy and they give me my passion project, mm. which in his case was King Kong. Mm. Mine would be Red Dead Redemption, and I might lose the studio a lot of money. But, but hey. God damn it, I'll have a good time doing it, and I will be artistically fulfilled in the process. Oh, Sweet. you could put Jack Black in that as well. Okay. He'd be Don't. that fat old guy who gives you the minigun. What to? Yeah, actually, no, no, that that would be good. Yeah, with Michael Fassbender as John Marston. Ooh, yeah, yeah. He's down for doing video game movies, right? He is. That's true. <laughs> Let's um see how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing these. I'm like, no, no, they don't exist. These they just, do not. They this probably is never will. We talked about. Believe in yourself. But I have you fun writing and talking about. <laughs> and this what is I would this is the them. crux. This is the problem. It's just that I don't know if we're ever going to see a good video game film. No, we and won't. I, and we I'm won't. Really, like, well, we've got Assassin's Creed, uh, Battleship. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry, board game, not video game. Yeah, Incorrect. yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. So, Assassin's Creed, like, coming out at some point. Um, it's not out by the time we were recording this, and I don't know. <laughs> well, I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, it's the guy who made Snowtown, and it's Michael Fassbender and Marilyn Cotillard, and they made um, that Macbeth recently, which I didn't see, but apparently it was very good. And I was like, oh, this, this has quite a bit of prestige behind this, but so was there behind Warcraft. Was- and then I saw the trailer for Assassin's Creed, and I was like, yeah, this looks like a video game movie. That's probably the worst yeah. thing I can say for it is, like, it – Looks like a video game movie. Wasn't the that Prince of Persia one recently? Wasn't that supposed to be? No, a no, no, that was right. I heard okay with a uh, uh, Gyllenhaal and yeah, Gyllenhaal. Um, what's his name? Ben Kingsley. Not pronounced, but okay. What's that? Gyllenhaal. 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 Wait, is it? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought it was Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. Isn't it Gyllenhaal that I do thought, this? To I me? thought it was Gyllenhaal. Don't emasculate me like this. <laughs> in, all, in front of all my friends. All uh, my friends are listening. Um, no, I always thought it was Gyllenhaal. Oh, I'm well, pretty sure it's actually Jalen Hall. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Sure. Him and Ben Kinsley. And I'm... Kinsley, you're like, Kinsley, what are you doing? And Kinsley did fucking Blood Rain. I'm you... not committed to Jake's name. Mm. Ben mm. Kingsley is happy to do really good movies or really bad movies, but nothing yeah. in between. <laughs> He's like, I will not do a mediocre role. You're either going to be like, this man deserves a... several Oscar or like, what are you? Why are you here? That's a good idea for an actor. Always be in polarizing movies. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be in polarizing. Got to go. Well, <laughs> I suppose he's like in in movies that are polarized, but like not movies that polarize people. People yeah. are either like, yeah, yeah, oh, we wow. love that, or yes. yeah, we fucking hate that. I love when he was asked why he was in. Is, is it Blood Rain or Crimson Rain? I forget Blood which Rain. one it was. Blood yeah, Rain. I think it's Blood Rain. And he was like, they're like, why did you do that? And he's like, I just want to play a vampire. <laughs> That's, that's actually really endearing. And that's you so know cute. What? That's just adorable as hell. Yeah, that really is. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. I've been Adam. And if you have any ideas on how to pitch your perfect GTA film, uh, just hit us up. Uh, you can hit us on Twitter, at uh, SansPantsRadio, or you can get me personally. I'm at GoddammitZamit. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. You, sorry, you no, you go ahead. Oh, I'm at Gobergmoser. 
I'm at Retro Archetype. I keep interrupting people. Yeah, sure do. <laughs> uh, or, you can, or you can email us in sanspantsradio at gmail.com. See you next week. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.